Hello and welcome to the Elevens Podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Jude. We're passionate about cars and we also happen to sell supercars for a living. On this weekly show, we discuss cars of all sorts from our unique perspective. We hope you enjoy the episode. We're back. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Ben. Hey, Jude. Uh, it's been a bit. It has. It's been a couple of weeks. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to be back. What, what's a couple of weeks between friends? Yeah. Yeah. What's, what is time anyway, man? It's just a, it's an enigma of something or other. It's just a, a construct to keep you down, <laughs> I guess, or something. Anyway, uh, <laughs> hi, before we go completely off the rails yeah. already, <laughs> welcome everybody, welcome yeah. back. Yeah, we've taken a little bit of a break, but we are back, and uh, a lot has happened since we last recorded. I've been on many planes since we last recorded. You That's have. what happened. But I'm now on the ground, but I'm also exhausted. <laughs> I just want to go home. <laughs> Please let me go home. You've got another uh, hour. <laughs> no. Um... We were, we were going to record a couple hours ago, but like I just kept, I don't know, kept having to deal with work stuff. Yeah. It's eight o'clock right now as we record this. We closed two hours ago <laughs> and we just sat down to record. Anyway, yeah. we're here. We're going to do it. We have lots of stuff to talk about. We do. Um, ben, what do you want to talk about today? Uh, I want to talk about a few of the cars that we recently got into our inventory. At yes. McLaren Boston. At the dealership. Yes. Um, Some good stuff. We did, we did. So uh, we recently had a, a sort of a big wave of cars to come into our inventory, some McLaren, some not. Um, but a couple of those, one of them, I guess we can start with the big one. Yeah. The Ferrari SF90 Stradale. Stradale. Um, so if you're unaware of what that is, it it's is... It's like a Prius from Italy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a... It's a... Um, a it's not limited production, right? Uh, no. Right, so it's not limited in production, but no. it outperforms their last hypercar, the LaFerrari. Right. So it's got more horsepower. It's a hybrid, not V12, but a V8. Right. Makes just under 1,000 horsepower combined. It's the first... American. American horsepower. Yes, yes. Italian horsepower, it's, it's exactly 1,000. It's the first all-wheel drive Ferrari? Um, no, well, no. no. It's the first... Front wheel drive Ferrari. <laughs> Front wheel drive capable Ferrari. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I'll give because you that. it's got electric motors in the front. Right. And all of that stuff. Um, yeah, like a Prius, like I said. Right, right. <laughs> um, but overall, obviously, it's sub very close to 1,000 horsepower, so it's a very impressive yes. performance car. Yeah. Um, and it's not red. Ours is not red. Ours is not red. Ours is Grigio, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I think it's gorgeous. It's a beautiful car. Um, the one that we just got has the Assetto Fiorano package. Mm-hmm. Um, so more titanium, lightweight, you know, higher performance spec. Um, but yeah, it's a really interesting car. It's the, I think it's the same V8 from like the F8, you know, all those variants with an electric motor in the rear attached to the gasoline engine, the combustion engine. And then up front, um, there's two electric motors one for each wheel so like you said you can run in front wheel it's the first front wheel drive ferrari (laughs) because you can put it in ev mode and just drive in front wheel drive with those two electric motors up front no noise no gasoline so i think it's the first electric ferrari and it's the first front wheel drive ferrari yeah 
And it's also the first front-wheel drive electric Ferrari. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's not all it does, obviously. Right. It's a ridiculous high-performance monster, which is, I think, styling, I guess, is subjective, right? I think it's a beautiful car. It is. I agree. I think it's it's very, styled very well. Um, there has yep. been a lot of controversy since Pininfarina left the arena at Ferrari. Uh, Did they think, leave or were, were they abandoned? Like, who left whom? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how that played out. But. Is this a Ross and Rachel situation? Are they on break? <laughs> They'll I be back, know. I'm sure. Um, anyway. Yeah. No, it, Pininfarina is, is definitely Ross because they're cheating, right? Because they're building their own car now. No spoilers, Jude. <laughs> Some people haven't seen Friends. Oh, no. <laughs> You've only had 20 years. Um yeah, no, that's a good point because the, the LaFerrari um, was their first break from Pininfarina after like a very long and lucrative partnership for, for both uh, for both companies. Yeah. But um, yeah, like you said, it outperforms the LaFerrari, which kind of uh, hurts me to say because I love the LaFerrari so much. Yeah. Um, I think it out, outdid the uh, even the Tesla Model S Plaid in 0 to 60 time. It was... For car and driver, anyway, I think it's the quickest car that they've ever tested. Really? It was very close to two seconds, wow. somewhere around there. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I remember seeing something like that. I was very, very impressed with that. Yeah, because the, the Plaid is 1.89 seconds, 0 to 60, but that's with rollout. And that, that's a whole convoluted thing on right. how 0 to 60 times are measured. But um, yeah, I mean, it'll smoke just about anything out there. Um <laughs> Electric torque helps. All-wheel drive definitely helps. Yeah. Um, and this thing has both. Um, yeah, very cool car. Tons of carbon. Like, so much carbon fiber on the one that we have. Uh, it's got the stripe. Yeah. I love it. With a little yellow stripe in the, on the front. The yellow details are so good. If you haven't seen this car, McLarenBoston.com. Go to all inventory. Click on Ferrari. Whatever. You'll, it's right at the top. You'll find it. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful car. I am so happy that we have it. Um, and I really, 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 really want to drive it for like half a day. <laughs> just to go take it out and like maybe come back. Yeah. Yeah. I actually did get to take it for a quick spin. Yeah. What'd you um, think? So there's a little caveat to this. First off, I didn't get to drive it much. Obviously, it doesn't have very many miles, so I'm not going to go put a ton more on it. Uh, I had to take it down the street for photos for um, for our inventory purposes, putting it online. Um but the day that I took it out, it was like 20-something degrees. <laughs> and this is on Cup 2s. Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit, Michelin too. Cup, yeah, yeah, yeah. Michelin Cup 2s. Uh, so I couldn't exactly push the car. <laughs> uh, even, you know, third throttle, quarter throttle, it started to break loose a little bit. Um, so I really couldn't experience what the car could do. I, I know, obviously, it's capable of some really serious performance. Uh but it was really easy to drive. Yeah. Really easy to drive. The electric mode was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Makes these kind of like space age noises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're moving around. So, um, yeah. The haptic buttons are stupid. Oh my God. I was hoping like we would, I don't know. I didn't want to jump into the, the haptic buttons right away, but since you yeah. brought it up. Yeah. <sighs> Instead of physical buttons, they're like screens that you just. You just touch them. You don't have to press them as a physical button. You just touch them. But and they go bloop. 
but they don't work half the time and there's no physical start stop button and it's italian it will work when it wants to ben you just have to work around its schedule yeah, that's yeah. all yeah um it's i i would be okay with all the capacitive haptic whatever stuff if i still had a physical start button and i don't it's a capacitive touch thing in the center of the steering wheel like we saw in the Roma. Mm -hmm. And in the Pro Sangue, which we'll get into. But like, just at least give me my red button on the steering wheel so I can press it and hold it and hear the, you know, the engine start and everything. Yeah. Now with Ferraris, you tap and hope you tapped in the right spot at the right time. Yeah, and Ferrari is not the only manufacturer that's guilty of this. Volkswagen is right, very guilty of it. And what weird if is, I were Ferrari, the last company I would want to keep is Volkswagen. Let me <laughs> just get and put that out there. Yeah, um, but I guess back to the DSF ninety and and my experience driving it. Yeah, um, is very easy to drive, and I was surprised that I wasn't afraid of it. I think that was. Right, almost a letdown, because here I am in this eight hundred thousand dollar thousand horsepower Ferrari, mm -hmm. and I'm very comfortable just stepping right in and going for a spin. And like, obviously, I'm not driving it very quickly. I, I can't in the weather that I'm in and whatever. But um, I wasn't. I didn't even feel like the car wanted me to to go. You know, um, were you in qualifying mode? I was. Because that's one of the powertrain modes is quali. Yeah, there's four modes. There's e-drive, hybrid, performance, and uh, qualifying. Yeah. Um, performance is the engine's running all the time. Hybrid is the car decides whatever it wants to do. And e-drive is obviously just electric mode. Yeah. And um, qualifying is full, 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 go, go, All go. the beans. Yes. Um, but I just didn't feel like the car was itching to go. Okay. And I was very surprised about that. I don't know if that's the hybrid system kind of like doing all the work for you and mm. in you know around town stuff um so but, are you saying the car is too good it's too approachable it's too easy to drive it's too civilized i think so okay. yeah yeah i think so but this isn't like i get that but it's not i don't know if it was ever meant to be like a hardcore scary thing like the numbers obviously to your point yeah on, on the surface, you're like, okay, I should be scared of this thousand horsepower near million dollar thing. Because um, look at every other thousand horsepower, you know, car out there. It is legitimately scary. Um, but they were able to put that much power and these amazing specs into a very usable, approachable package where you could actually take it for a drive and not be, you know, not have to work for it. I get what you're saying, though. Expectation yeah. versus reality, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think and so. And a little bit, I'm trying to play devil's advocate just a little bit. Like, I'm, I'm with you, though. I want car, a thousand horsepower car to scare me. Yeah. I, I want to cry. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I want to get out of it shaking. Yeah. Um, but I also understand that there are plenty of other cars that do that. And maybe this one just isn't meant to. I don't know. Yeah. It's a little confusing because, like, when I drove it, I, I was like, wow, this is very easy to drive, very comfortable. Um, and from what journalists had said, that it sort of lined up with my experience where it's not necessarily the most engaging Ferrari. It's mm -hmm. just very, very impressive in the terms of performance. Right. 
Um, but it's funny that it's good at all those things, but it has such a tiny front trunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it would be so good for a long journey, but you can't take anything with you. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's not a problem. You just buy whatever you need when you get there. Right. And yeah. then donate it to the thrift store when you leave, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's very good at what it does. And I see your point too. Cause like. I think the 720 kind of sometimes has a similar problem where it's almost right. too good. Yeah. And if you want that extra sauce, just get the LT. Right. There is a so, scary version of the 720. Yeah. And I, I think there's rumors that there is a scary version of the SF90 coming. Right. So, yeah. You'd mentioned that to me before we, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what that looks like, I guess. Um, no, like confirmation or anything right i think the only no. spy shots for ferrari stuff that we've been seeing is the next um like halo halo car like the actual la ferrari successor i think right yeah i think there are a couple of spy shots of nsf 90 and a bunch of camo okay but Ferrari's very good at hiding all of their stuff yeah they so. are like they'll just they'll still put a 458 body on whatever they're working on now <laughs> and just to throw yeah. people off yeah um but yeah hardcore kind of like yeah, pista slash speciale, or whatever they end up calling, you know, that sort of thing would be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe, like, I think maybe the, those cars with the little extra edge, that's my thing. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I would want out of a right. supercar, but that's not everybody. Right. So I, I guess I have to understand that, too. Yeah. But I hope that if, you know, I hope that they do a hardcore version of, of the SF90, um, and I hope that when they do, it is a limited production. Like, you know, even if it's a relatively high number versus, you know, other cars that they built, like LaFerrari, the SP3 or whatever, you know. Um, and I think I said this about the Stradale, too, uh, off, you know, off air is, you know, I, I think it might have been a better idea to do an SF90 Stradale, make it limited to 900 units and just raise the price and, you know, make it feel a little bit more special that way. Because for what it is, it's a very expensive car, obviously. You know, it, it is. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not LaFerrari expensive. But make it just a little more expensive. Make it feel more exclusive. And maybe that'll add to some of the specialness. Where, you know, like you said, you're not scared of the car. But, you know, it, it needs some kind of extra little bit of flavor or seasoning or something. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Ferrari obviously do a much better job of running their business than I ever would. So <laughs> there's that. Um, but if they do, like like I said, a hardcore track version that's all stripped out and, you know, bananas, um, you know, why not? Why not limit it to, I don't know, 850 units, you know, and yeah. charge, yeah, I don't know, another 100 grand, maybe 150 grand more than what the, um, the SF90 Stradale costs. I don't know. Because it wouldn't matter what the number they put on there is. They'll sell all of them anyway. Right. Um, and exactly. even though 900 cars or whatever might sound like not that many cars, like, well, it, I mean, it's in that world, I guess it's kind of a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but they, they, they would sell them For all. For Ferrari, yeah. 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 Anyway. Uh, any other thoughts on SF90 Stradale? Um, I'm glad we have it. Me it's too. fun to look at. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, next, uh, let's uh, let's stay in Italy for the next one. Sure. Um, this is a car that came out a while ago as well. Um, I've had some great times in the last one that we had, but it's the uh, Lamborghini Huracan STO. Yes. Um, Super Trofeo Amalgado. Um, we had one last year. 
I sold it. Love that car. Now we have another one. Blue, red stickers, red accents, red uh, two-tone interior. Yep. Um, just crazy looking exhaust. The Akropovich exhaust. Yeah. It looks like it's got two cannons, like, <laughs> like rocket huge. boosters on They're the back huge. of the car. It's a cool car. Yeah, it is. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, why is Jude saying nice things about a Lambo? Uh, <laughs> the STO is probably the only Huracan that I would get. So there's that. Um, what, what do you think about it, uh, Ben? Because you didn't really get a chance to drive the last one that we had. No, I, I did, but you didn't, right? Yeah, yeah. So. so I was when we got this one, and I was very excited to experience an STO for the first time because I, you know, I know you're not a big fan of Lambos, but you like this one, right? And like, I love this car just just based on the way it looks with so many fins and angles and right. scoops and stuff. That's uh, just what Lambo does. Um, but I mean, this is this is the the last Huracan. Well, the last of the last Huracan, and then they did the Technica, but. Um, the most extreme version of the Huracan. Yes. Um, so I got to drive it. First impressions, I was surprised at how comfortable it was. I okay. shouldn't. I shouldn't say use that word. Right. But I was expecting it to be way harsher of a ride. Yeah. Um, the bucket seats are not comfortable. No. <laughs> They're probably one of the worst seats that I've sat in. They they remind you in Italian what pain truly is. Yes. no i mean it's they're not that extreme but they're not no they're not seats you want to sit in for like an hour yeah yeah um it felt lightweight mm-hmm. it really did yeah um very kind of chuckable yeah um th- when you go through the modes the steering hit like weight huge up. difference yeah right yeah. in the drive modes yeah yeah so that was pretty cool it sounds so good. It does. I mean, that's true of all the Huracans for the most part, but I mean, that V10 at like seven, 8,000 RPM is yeah. just so good. Screams. Um, uh, it's, I don't, I, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out what it is about the SCO specifically that makes me love it when I have no interest in any other Huracan. No, you know, so, yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but it has that special something. Maybe it's just the whole, it's the sum of its parts, right? Maybe it's not just one thing. Maybe it is the stripped out interior. Maybe it is the more kind of like rattly feel. You know, part of why I like 600, the McLaren 600 LT so much is because it's very raw and visceral and you're feeling and hearing and you're smelling everything, right? Um, maybe that's, maybe that's what it is. You know, maybe it's the full like carbon fiber doors and you know what I mean? All all the other stuff. Yeah. Maybe it's the exterior styling with the huge wing and like the engine cover that it takes two people to like pop off and, and, and you know what I mean? Maybe it's the fact that the whole nose opens up to access the storage up front. I don't know. Yeah. I do love it. Have you driven a Huracan Evo? Yes. Rear wheel drive, all wheel drive? Uh, all wheel drive. We had the white... All wheel, that was an all-wheel drive one, the white one, right? No, that was rear. The one with the red calipers? Yes, I yeah, drove that, that one. That was rear-wheel drive? Okay. Mm-hmm. Did I drive an all-wheel drive one? Um, oh, the purple spider. That was all-wheel drive, right? No, rear-wheel drive. That was rear-wheel drive, too? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's more comparable to the STO because that's also rear-wheel drive. Sure. I drove the, I mean, almost the same thing, the Performante. Yeah, I haven't driven one of those. I drove the Performante. That's all-wheel drive. Yeah. So it's similar-ish to a Evo, but, but I guess not quite. My point is, like, none of those did it for you? No. Performante was okay. Yeah. But I, 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 had, I expected more. Okay. And the STO kind of uh, 
fulfills that expectation, I think, of what like a raw, kind of more extreme um, Lamborghini should feel like. Huh. Maybe I'm think maybe I just had the wrong expectations of the perf. Maybe. You know. Yeah. Because my I'm I, I'm trying to think I don't not. Have I not? I don't know. Now I don't know. Now I don't know if I've driven an all-wheel drive Evo. I guess not. Because well, all the ones I've listed were rear-wheel drive. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a red one now, so. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I haven't driven that one yet. Yeah. Um, I should. So that, that all-wheel uh, drive keep one. Keep talking right? BRB. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. um, that all-wheel drive one that I just referenced, the Evo, um, that was my first experience in an Evo yeah. uh, as well. And like I'll be honest, I don't know. Maybe I need to spend a little more time in the STO, but driving experience, I feel like, was pretty similar. And you get the same sound. You get the same soundtrack from the V10. I feel like the only reason I would really gravitate towards the STO is for the styling, because I love it. I love that. And I love that, you know, the stripped-out interior, like you said, is is part of it. Um, it's not... I think you said before it's sort of superficial, but it is part of the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like if you're if you're looking to buy an STO, in my view, I feel like I would just buy a rear-wheel drive Evo <laughs> <laughs> and okay. save like half the money, right? Sure. Um, yeah, I was gonna say like you're, you're spending double for an STO, like at current market pricing, right? You know, obviously, um, I don't know. I don't know. Because you said that the Evo didn't do it for you. No. But I found that they drive similarly. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's do this. Between now and the next podcast episode, I'll drive the all-wheel drive Evo, just to refresh my memory on that, and I'll give my opinion again. Maybe I'll have an updated thought on it. Yeah. Or maybe it'll be the same. We'll see. We'll, see. we'll find out. Yeah, Stay we'll... tuned <laughs> for our next and episode. Like and subscribe. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you're making some, some good points. I, maybe, but that's the thing. Like, I, again, like I said, I can't quite put my finger on what it is about the STO exactly that makes me love it. And it probably is just everything. I, I don't know. Because I almost wish that it was harsher. Like, I, that's what I was it could expecting. Be. It could definitely be harsher. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, like, imagine that. Imagine the STO just with like with regular Hercon seats, like even the manual ones. Oh yeah, yeah, I would prefer those. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but like when I got in the STO, I was like, I was expecting it to be unlivable almost. But like, right. that's kind of what I wanted. I was like, oh, this is awful. I love it. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's how I feel about Aventadors, <laughs> except for <laughs> the you, love it part. Yeah, you don't like uh, this. This is just awful. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What what would what would you do to make it harsher, more hardcore, more extreme? Like if it were up to you, or if you had an STO, like would you modify it to make it more unlivable? <laughs> That's such a dumb thing to say. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think if it were me, like like I said before, I'd probably just get a really brightly colored rear wheel drive Evo and call it a call day. It a day. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. As much as I love that Evo, the STO styling. Yeah. I don't know if it's worth the, the price jump. You're going to get an Evo and put put a big stupid wing on it? <laughs> no, I like it the way it is. Um, but, all right. I well, guess that covers that. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it again. I, that's interesting to me. Let's. I'll, I'm going to drive the Evo. 
Um, and we'll talk about it again just to touch base with an update on the next episode. See what we think. Sounds good. Um, you want to stay in Italy a little bit longer? Uh, sure. We can talk a little bit more about Lambo. Is yeah. that what you mean? Yep. Yeah. So uh, if you're unaware, very recently Lamborghini uh, unveiled their new V12 hybrid powertrain platform. Um, so this is what is going to underpin the Aventador replacement. Uh, it's a, as I said, a V12 hybrid system that makes a thousand and one horsepower. One more yes. than a thousand. <laughs> because why not? Um, it's a three motor plug-in hybrid. Um, and we don't know a whole lot more about it, but we will see the final, um, the Aventador's replacement by the end of this month. So... Yeah, this is like a pre-reveal. Yeah. They're teasing the drivetrain for the car, you know, that they're going to announce in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm surprised uh, that they would do that. I feel Me like- too. They announced it and I'm like, wait, why is that <laughs> weird? Yeah. Um, but I mean, they're building up hype. Not like they need any more hype because it's Lamborghini, right? right? They're building up some hype. Um, it is interesting to me that this um, V12 paired with Three electric motors um, is what is it? It's thirty. Okay, so the V12 itself it's thirty-seven pounds lighter than the Aventador's V12. So they're looking for ways to cut at least a little bit of weight because they're adding weight with the electric motors and obviously the battery pack and, and the control units and all the stuff that goes with it. Right. right? And like we talked about on our EV episode, uh, and we mentioned every single time we talk about EVs, like you're, <laughs> you're constantly fighting the weight. Um, so you're looking for ways to reduce or weight any way that you can. So that that's good. It's it's essentially the same 6.5 liter engine that's been in the Aventador forever now, but like heavily updated and, and overhauled, which is good. Um, so what was the the Redline's uh, 9,250 RPM? <laughs> Love it. Love it. Insane. Um, and no. Redline is 9,500 RPM. Oh, my God. Yeah, 9,500 <laughs> RPM. 250 more. Um, so gone is the... Uh, oh, my God. Thank God. Gone is the single-clutch gearbox. <laughs> that dinosaur of a transmission. <laughs> the worst part of the worst car. Um, so now... <laughs> so instead of a, a single-clutch gearbox uh, sitting uh, in front of the engine, it's a transversely mounted dual-clutch transmission. Um it's eight speeds. It's mounted on the back. Finally, a modern transmission in a modern Lamborghini. Who would have thought? Who would have <laughs> thought that that's what would be the best thing to do? Um, and they're doing like an SF90 Acura NSX type thing where you have an electric motor paired with the internal combustion engine. And then you have two more electric motors, one for each wheel at the front. Yeah. So um, add it all up. It adds up to 1,001 horsepower. And it's going to be insane. Yeah. It's going to be insane. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that they're so that it's obviously still going to be all-wheel drive, but rather than like obviously the Aventador now is not a hybrid, so they right. have to have a drive shaft going, you know, all the way up to the front wheels. And right. now with the hybrid system, they can just sort of wire it up. They're going to put the battery in the center where the drive shaft was. Oh, okay. They're running the battery down the transmission tunnel, basically. Okay. So still, Where the transmission tunnel used to Just use, making use of that space. Yes. Yeah. So instead of having just like one big flat battery pack, like a skateboard style, like you get in a Tesla, because mm-hmm. in a Tesla, you have a big flat 
rectangle of battery cells sitting underneath the passenger compartment that like extends across the whole floor space. And then you have electric motors up front, electric motor in the back. Um, you know, and in a plaid, it's three motors. But either way, um, so you this is a traditional car company kind of following a traditional car blueprint, but you know, making the best use of that space, like you said, with with uh, battery cells instead of a transmission, um, or with, instead of a drive shaft. Um, so it's I'm surprised. Like we've been talking about this for so long. And I'm surprised it's taken them this long to actually take it to market. Because the Aventador has been around forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and with all the refreshes and all the final editions, but like, no, for real, this time, they're, they're, <laughs> this is the final, final. And oh, no, 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 there's two more, but like one's a coupe, one's a, one's a spider. And no, for real, they're, they're actually yeah. the final ones. Now we're actually getting the successor. Um, we don't have any like indication of what they're going to call it, right? There's no name or whispers of a name maybe on the forums people are speculating i don't know i'm not on those forums i'm actually banned from lamborghini <laughs> forums um i don't know my other question is what uh where do you think it's gonna sit in, in terms of price it's gonna be expensive yeah it's gonna be a lot of dollarinos man because the aventador is already a big boy car yeah um, what was a, an Aventador S? Because obviously the S, VJ, and Ultimate cars were limited run, Wasn't sort the, of extra expensive. The S was in the sixes, I thought, right? Was it really? Aventador S, MSRP. Let's use the Google machine. It's been a couple years now. Starting at 507. S tested, probably six. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's odd. You would think that they'd... A lot of money, man. Uh, I don't know. It, I wouldn't. I would think that a decently spec'd Aventador S would be six hundred grand. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Um, so, okay, so that's that's an Aventador S. Yeah. Which I mean, this thing's gonna make a, a just a ton more money. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, every why are there? I don't know, why are people saying fours? I don't. I don't believe it. <laughs> well, I remember them being in the fours. You think? Yeah. I thought they were up. I thought they were a lot more than that. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But so, um, piggybacking off of the SF90 that we talked about earlier, right? And that makes just about a thousand horsepower, and it's a hybrid supercar with sort of hypercar performance. Is that Lamborghini horsepower number CV or is it HP? Either way, it's almost a thousand horsepower. I mean, well, the SF90 makes a thousand CV, okay. nine hundred and eighty-six American, like break, break, you know, whatever. British Either way, it's American a lot. Power. It's a lot. <laughs> so this is yeah. So but so they're making the same. So Lamborghini's making the same amount of power from a twelve-cylinder with three electric motors that yeah. Ferrari does with an eight-cylinder with that's, three electric motors. That's true. Anyway, um, but do you think the Aventador replacement will be priced similarly to an SF90. Um, what's the base price of an SF90? It's five something, yeah. and most of them are in well into the sixes. Ours had an MSRP of seven thirteen because it's got two hundred thousand dollars in options. <laughs> it's absurd. I mean, a big part of that these uh, the Assetto Fiorano package. Oh, by the way, I was trying to do some research to find out exactly how much that package by itself costs, and I can't find a legitimate answer. 
and on the window sticker to the SF90 that we have, it's not itemized on the window sticker. It's grouped into the other options oh, thing that Lamborghini, uh, that Ferrari does. Yeah. If you're not familiar, annoying. Ferrari will run out of space on their window sticker once they're listing their options. Then they put all their most expensive stuff into just one thing, one line that says other options, and then they have some absurd number on there. Yeah. Like, and you don't know what those other options price out at individually. Yeah. And Ferrari won't tell you because they're no. just Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah. But the, partly it's, be, yeah, anyway. Uh, but on the actual like personalized specifications plaque thing that every Ferrari gets, Every package is spelled out there just without the cost. So it has the like the package code and description of what that package is. Even all the stuff that's kind of grouped into the other options thing on the uh, on the uh, window sticker. Anyway, yeah. Um, I, I would yeah I would be think that this is well now my 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 opinion's all skewed because I thought the Aventador S was a lot more money than you're saying it was. <laughs> so there's that. I'm I'm gonna guess that the Aventador replacement is going to be priced a little under six. Starting price or like all in? Starting price. So like, okay. it's like 580. Really? Yeah. That much? Okay. Yeah. That's my guess. I'm I'm gonna go with like low fives, maybe five and a quarter. Yeah. Five twenty, five twenty five, something like that for base price. Okay. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see all the, the specs once this does get launched. Yeah. Um I Because they're you, obviously not telling us everything. Right, right. At this stage. Um, or anything at all for that matter. <laughs> Yeah. As you said before, I'm I'm glad that they're finally getting rid of that single clutch transmission. There were <laughs> there were rumors. I heard rumors that uh, they were going to instead of putting an all new dual clutch in, they were going to keep the single clutch and use the hybrid power as fill. <laughs> So that when you change gear, it takes ten seconds, but you have oh my god electric power to fill it in. That sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That sounds terrible. That is not how you use the future of well, electric propulsion. What's funny is the AMG Project 1, I'm pretty sure, does that. Yeah. The um, gear shifts I saw in some of the journalists at the Top Gear or whatever yep. video, um, they said that the gear shifts felt slow and the engineers were like, oh, well, they, they kind of are, but the it had something to do with yeah. the complex f1 tech obviously that's well a that's, very, an f1. That's, very that's, that's an f1 that's an f1 car with a with a road car body on top of it yeah. so yeah yeah that that makes sense anyway um <laughs> um well with this uh, comes confirmation also that the huracan is going to be a hybrid and the urus is going to be hybrid which we all everybody knew anyway it was gonna happen yeah. that's not a surprise it's just lamborghini you're you know admitting it now yeah well not the huracan the huracan's replacement the huracan replacement exactly yeah. yes yeah which is probably also going to be a V8 hybrid instead of a V10. I think so. I've been reading that this is the death of the V10. I think so. It's very sad. Yeah. Very sad. Well, enjoy the STO while you can. I'm playing um. it, world's tiniest violin right now. <laughs> um, mm, it's time, I guess. Mm, I know. No. Go get a Gallardo or something. I don't know. Yeah. I would love that. <laughs> Actually, yeah. You would. Yeah. Um, the years definitely make sense. Yeah. Definitely makes sense yeah. to do a hybrid of that. And, it you know, what it is. maybe it'll make some more power and keep up with the Ferrari. Yeah. Which um, might be a good transition into I'm glad another you got onto that because we, uh, we can talk about the Ferrari Puro Sangue. Puro Sangue. Ferrari Puro Sangue. The thoroughbred. Yes. 
the Ferrari, don't call it an SUV. It's the F-U-V. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's insane. So the embargo lifted, all the reviewers and YouTubers, of which we are not a part of, but eventually we'll, we'll have one here. It's just a matter of time. Yep. One's going to show up. Um, I, oh my God, I am in love with it. Like I, I knew that I was like going to like it. I liked it when they did the announcement and you made that hot take that you liked it better than the Lusso. <laughs> um, I'm on board. Yeah. I'm on board with it now. Like seeing it kind of on video in the metal being driven on different roads by different people and stuff. It's such a beautiful car. It is. Like, oh my God. Yeah. And I say car too because it does sit pretty low to the ground. It's not this big jacked up thing that, you know, just so happens to have a Ferrari badge on it. Yeah. You know? Right. The 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 design is really, really good. <laughs> the styling's really, really good. It's um it's elegant, but then it's got some really interesting details like those I don't want to call them buttresses, but like even on the front fenders you have like the the um the passageways for the air, you know, for aero and stuff. Yeah. Wheels are massive. Like, oh my God, big. 22s, 23s. 22, 23. 22 yeah. in the front, 23 in the back. What? Well, the, the Urus has 23s as well. Yeah. But, yeah, insane. Um, but, but the Urus does also sit higher up too. It does. Um, yeah. So there's that. Yeah. The don't call them suicide doors. There's a lot of like Ferrari rules. You got to follow the Ferrari <laughs> rules. Uh, they call them comfort doors. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, Rolls-Royce can call them suicide doors. I, th- I think Ferrari can call no, them no. cover doors. Those are coach doors. Oh, that's right. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Every um, brand's got their own way of, of saying things. And they're, they're electric, as you'd expect, with, uh, with a suicide door. You press a button and the door opens. Um, interior is really interesting looking. Yeah. It dual, looks... Dual cockpit setup, yep. right? So the passenger has their, like, full instrument cluster type looking screen right in front of them yeah it's cool it looks good um on the inside i like the interior design yeah um the back seats kind of look like you're like just cocooned in there yes the way that they're they're curved and stuff yes you just like it's like a cocoon of speed right it's a two plus two so there's there's only two seats in the back and you have a like a center column coming down um for separation but they they're fully adjustable too they will recline and they'll move and stuff like you know they're full-on ferrari bucket seats yeah you know, stuck in the back. So. And they'll still fold almost flat for the rear trunk. Almost. Almost yeah. flat. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, it looks like there's a lot more usable space in the trunk than you get in the Lusso. So that's a big plus, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is a bit higher up, so it's easier to, to access that, too. Yeah, it's a higher load floor. Yeah. yeah. Um, another... <laughs> well, I guess the, the biggest thing for me is they... And you made an interesting point today, like earlier when I said this, uh, before we were recording, I said, you know, Ferrari is insisting that it will only come in a V12. And you're like, well, for now, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, until they come out with the Pura Sangue T um, (laughs) with a V8 turbo. I don't know. We'll see if that ever ends up happening. But I'm so happy. And we talked about this when we talked about the launch too. I'm so happy it's a 12 cylinder. They had to do it. It's the 6.5 liter Ferrari V12. That we know and love. She's a screamer. Oh my god. I, I dude, I'm so excited. I can't wait to drive this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. As soon as you, you hear that Ferrari is potentially making an SUV, don't call it an SUV. Um I was thinking, as probably everybody else was, like, oh man, it would be crazy if they stuffed a V twelve into that. 
Yeah, and, like they would never. Like, how could they do that? How is that it's possible? A, it's an SUV. Even the Urus doesn't have a V10. It's a V. It's the Audi V8. Yeah, right? yeah. But they did it, and it's incredible. I mean, they they just got to keep making as many of those V12s as possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, and like the LaFerrari successor is going to go back to a 12 cylinder now too. Right? Oh, is it? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, we have it in the SP3 Daytona, but that's not a hybrid. So the next one, they'll... it's not a successor, really. It's right. Yeah, it's part of the um, Icona Icona series. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, um, man, I, is there anything that you don't like about the Pro Sangue? I think it has the same problem as the SF90 with the interior. With Capacitive the stuff. Ugh. Why'd you have to remind me? I know I asked for negatives, but like of all things. Yeah. It's like, it bothers me particularly. Bloom. Bloom. <laughs> it bothers me particularly on the Parasangway because it's supposed to be this, it's a more usable car. It's, you can, it's, it's more practical, right? Don't call it an SUV. I'm going to call it an SUV. It's, it's the, the grocery getter of the Ferrari family. Right. And the interior just doesn't. I obviously have never sat in one, but it just doesn't look very intuitive. It doesn't look like it makes All a whole lot of sense. All the touch things and it's stuff. It's beautiful, yeah. but... I think it's one of those things that Ferrari's going to continue stuffing down our throats until we just say, okay, fine. They're going to keep doing it. Obviously, this is the third or fourth model now? With the with haptics? Yeah, with the haptic stuff. It was the Roma? Yep. Yeah, fourth. So Roma, SF90, 296, and now... Yeah. The, there's gonna be five more, so uh, <laughs> get used to it, Ben. No, um, a facelift where they fix it. <laughs> Ferrari admit that they were wrong. Never, <laughs> they're never wrong. They know better. Yeah. Um, I, did you see the um, the concept, the uh, the four door concept car that they did with Pininfarina back in the day? Ferrari. Yeah. I don't think so it was a, a pininfarina like anniversary thing while enzo ferrari was still alive oh really? so it's like a way of saying that enzo ferrari gave his blessing to a four-door ferrari and now all these years later they actually built one oh. um i am going to google it now pin in farina my first thought was the four door um, lamborghini sedan concept from oh yeah the 2000s. oh i still want them to build that, that <laughs> reminding really me cool. Uh, it's called the Pinin. Pinin, mate. No. <laughs> Dude, it's Italian. Look at this thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty it's cool. It's the 1980 Ferrari Pinin. P-I-N-I-N. Four-door sedan. It was, it was the concept of what Ferrari's like full-on flagship four-door luxury sedan would be uh, like to compete with the Germans. Huh. Yeah. I like those wheels. I like Simple, everything about cool. it. It's, the front end's a little bit disappointing, but it's very appropriate for the period. It doesn't look Ferrari. No. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. But they never built it. It was a concept. It, it was a concept that Pininfarina did to celebrate their anniversary. Okay. Yeah. Fun fact for you. Um, they actually did build a four-door before the Pro Sangue. Ferrari built a four-door before the Pro Sangue. But it's not very well known because it was only built for the Sultan of Brunei. They did a one-off? Mm-hmm. They did a lot of one-offs for the Sultan of Brunei. And yes. the four-door wagon was one of them. What? <laughs> uh, what? I'm Googling it now. Ferrari, four-door, Sultan. 
I'm sure that's enough. <laughs> I'm gonna type out the whole thing, Ben. All right. I'm so flustered. I didn't know that this was a thing. Oh my god. Which one is it? Go to images. Images. It's gotta be in there. I that's think it's that. It. Or is, this it? is that it? I don't know. You tell me. It's silver. Yeah, that's the one. Ew. <laughs> what do you mean ew? Yeah, click on that. Look at that. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, see, don't don't ew that. <laughs> well, now you okay. So the front view was like ew, but the back, <laughs> I I like butts. Okay, I like I like butts. I like car butts. So show me the back of a car, and I'll and I'll tell you I like it. Um, okay, that is cool. Yeah, that is cool. Interesting, right? Ferrari four five six T three all one word uh, wagon conversion. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, that's cool. Um. Oh, well, that one doesn't count either because there's one off, just like the pin in. All right, so fine. There's that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but besides the capacitive things for the person, I really can't think of a single thing that I. Pro- I'll know more once I drive it, but I feel like I feel like once I drive it, I'm just gonna like melt into it and just like not want to leave. Yeah. It's so beautiful and it sounds amazing and it's so like it looks like it's so usable too. Yeah, it I does. don't know. I love what they did with the headlights. It's so deceptive because the yeah. headlights are not actually where you think they would right. be. They're lower. What looks like headlights are just intakes and they just redirect air over the right. fenders and through the wheel wells. Yeah. So, A few car companies have been doing this thing like Hyundai, for example, they have their, and Kia, they have their DRL, so the daytime running lights up at the top where you would think headlights would be and the actual headlamps are down in the middle, which is a way to make an SUV with headlamps at about the same level as like a sedan would have the headlights, which makes way more sense. And you're also not blinding the people that you're driving behind. And then Jeep did it before with the Cherokee flopped with that. And then they refreshed the Cherokee and they cleaned it up with regular headlights. So there was that. Yeah. But to see Lamborghini do it in such a beautiful way, is just so cool. Uh, Ferrari to do it in such a beautiful way. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. I never thought about that. The headlights being at sedan level without it. Yep. Still having an SUV. That's yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, right. It's also a style thing. You know what I mean? People yeah. jump on yeah. the bandwagon. And be like, Ooh, look, our car has it too. It's so cool. Kind of reminds me of the like Porsche 911 slant nose cars where yeah. the headlights are down low. Sure. Yeah. Um, the where is it? Man, dude, just look at the numbers for the Purasong way, dude. All right, let's see. 715 horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, zero to 60, about three seconds. For context, it's, what does the Urus have? Like 630? It's about 100 less. It's like six. Uh, which which Urus, though? Urus Perf? Yeah, because they came up with an. There's a Urus S now as right. well, right? I think the Performante has the most power, doesn't it? Yeah, it, I would I would imagine so. The Urus Performante has 657 horsepower. Okay. The Urus S has 641. No, that's the regular Urus has 641 horsepower. Okay. So um, I would just I would I, without looking it up, I'm guessing that the wait Urus, no 657 for the S is the same as the Perf. Yeah, I would guess that the okay. Urus S is has the performante's power but yeah not the suspension and all right. that stuff that makes sense okay yeah. so 657 horsepower for the s and the performante yeah which is six sixty less than the yeah i, I can do math <laughs> 60 less than the than the persangue yeah yeah i mean it's still an absurd amount of horsepower for an suv but it's 
I mean, the race is on. Yeah, the next it is. one's gonna have to have 800 horsepower, dude, and then we're gonna have million horsepower Italian SUVs. This is crazy. I love Who'd it. have thought? What what a world we live in. Um, yeah, stop buying SUVs, people. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we love this one, unless it's a but it's F- not an SUV. FUV. So it's an good. FUV. Yeah, we're good. It it, that, it does feel it does look like it's kind of big, right? It, it's taller. But there's a lot, and like I'm turning into an apologist because I, I love it, um, because it's so low to the ground and it's legitimately practical and everything. Like I don't feel like I don't have the same like bitter poison towards it like I do towards you know actual SUVs. Yeah, you know, I guess so because it solves kind of some of those problems, the things that we talked about on our episode called don't buy an suv where we talked about like all the safety stuff that in you know the compromise dynamics and just being so top heavy and rollover prone and you know what i mean yeah you're not going to run into those things with this thing with the yeah. uh, with the fuv right anyway um any other thoughts on the puro sangue um i like it can't wait to see one in person yeah that's yeah that's the beautiful fuv do you want to stay in italy some more <laughs> Sure. Is there more Italy to talk about? <laughs> this, this is more Italy to talk about. There's a little bit more oh, Italian yeah. flavor. That's right. The Maserati MC20 GT2. So Maserati is going back to GT2 racing after running the MC12 20 years ago now. It's one of my favorite cars ever. Yes. It, the MC12, if you're not familiar, was a Ferrari Enzo <laughs> with a Maserati badge on it. And they went racing. Um, I mean, that was the whole point of that car. It exactly. Was a homologation car so that they right. could go racing with it. Yes. Um, this isn't, the MC20 isn't quite the same, so it's not quite as special. No. Uh, I'm, a lot of the online journalism and people saying, oh, it's the successor to the MC12. No, it isn't. Yeah. You're it's just going to let yourself happens. down if you Right. Might. You know, it, it doesn't let, hold a candle to the MC12. It doesn't. MC12 but, was an Enzo underneath. The MC20 is not a. La Ferrari or an SB3 Daytona. You no, know what I mean, it's just, not a hypercar. It's it's a series production supercar, um, but it gives it a lot more credibility when it true. goes racing. Yes, um, and I'm, I'm a big fan of this. I think it looks really cool. It's got the big stupid wing on it. Yeah, um, you know, more aggressive hood and stuff. I, I it's cool. Yeah, um, I like the MC20. I really do, and it's cool to see it in like race car livery with a big wing and arrow and stuff like that. Yeah, so, I've still yet to see one in person, actually. Uh, look at the back of uh, the GT2 one. GT2 one, the, Mes- the MC20 <laughs> GT2. Again, I like butts. That's Ooh, a good one, dude. Yeah, that, that is good. That diffuser is nasty. The top mounted exhaust, too. So good. Yeah. It's a cool car, man. I hope they do well. I don't follow GT2 racing, but... Uh, uh, Forza Maserati. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm just happy to see the brand racing. I know they. Um, I read that they. I don't watch Formula E either, but apparently they're involved in Formula E, um, and it's good to see Maserati branching out and being more involved in motorsport. Yeah, it's always a good thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. power output is yet to be announced, but the manufacturer says a base version with 630 horsepower is currently under development. Hmm. Cool. Cool, cool. Good for them. Um, it's cool. It's Italian. And it's a race car, which we like. Yes. So, yay. Stamp All right. of approval. Yes. Uh, just 
not much more to talk about that. <laughs> so, like, I mean, if we follow GT2 Racing, I'm, I'm sure we would have more to say. Yeah. Um, what do you want to talk about next? Uh, we could talk about uh, a race car mm-hmm. that is road legal. Oh, really good segue, dude. We're, <laughs> we're, we're getting so good at this I podcasting know. thing. This is awesome. Um, and, and what car would that be, Ben? That would be the Aston Martin Valkyrie. I... Oh, man. So the reason why we're talking about this, this isn't a new car. No. Um, it's been coming for a very long time. Still is. <laughs> no, they've delivered a couple of customer cars. Um, but the embargo has been lifted and journalists have been able to drive a fully functional um, press car that's... It's On a track in Bahrain. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Oh, man. So for those of you who are not familiar, Ben, could you uh, share with us what is the Aston Martin Valkyrie? Sure. So Aston Martin, uh, a while ago, used to do what used to be a partner with Red Bull Racing for Formula One. Yes. Um, Adrian Newey is their aerodynamicist for for the Red Bull Racing team. That's a real world. (laughs) And he had uh, this dream of building a... Formula One car for the road, essentially. Yes. Uh, and so they, co- with Aston Martin, um, they developed this car, the, the Valkyrie, um, and it's essentially that. It's a Formula One car with number plates, and it's got, it's, it's a Formula One car underneath, and it's got this beautiful bodywork over the top of it, so it looks like a, more like a road car. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's essentially just a race car. Um, it's got a Cosworth bespoke naturally aspirated v12 yeah that makes a thousand horsepower yeah uh red lines to eleven thousand rpm yes uh it's the, the numbers just are insane it's what three million dollars for the road car three and a half um and yeah. <laughs> there is also an amr pro version which is not road legal and it's a track only thing sort of like the p1 gtr and um uh, you know ferrari fxx yep. program stuff um um, even though they share the name and even though they share the engine, like nothing else is the like the same between the two between yeah. the road car and the, and the like the full on track car. Yeah. Um, but the road car itself looks absolutely like nightmarishly scary. We talk about like scary cars. This car looks insane. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're doing now. We're we're taking F one cars and we're figuring out ways to put them on the road where normal people can get in there and just like <laughs> pee their pants. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. The size of the diffuser on that thing. I mean, the rear. Yeah. It's like you could you could lay down in in those in those venturi tunnels. I like butts. I would. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 an insane looking car, um, and I'm just so happy that it's finally actually hitting the road because just like the Mercedes AMG One, like it's had such a troubled production life, and you know you hear about all these. Uh, setbacks and speed bumps and all these other things that they run into. Yeah. Um, and I'm just so happy that it's actually, you know, oh my God, it's happening. Well, it's it's such a crazy thing to set out to achieve, to put an F1 car and, and to take a Formula One technology and put it in a road legal car where you have to follow regulations and safety stuff. Um, and like you said, the, the AMG Project One took forever because of that, the, the, it, they had so many setbacks. Yeah. 
Um, and the Valkyrie at Goodwood a couple of years ago, they tried to do a hill run and it mm-hmm. broke down halfway through. Yeah. It was just kind of painful to watch, but I'm so glad that it exists. Yep. And it's actually working now. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm in love. Not a car that you want to go shopping with, even though it's road legal. Not a car that you want to like take on a cross country rally. It's just, that's not what it's for. Um, but yeah, very cool. I, um, I don't know which I'm kind of more excited about, the road one or the track one. I mean, what do you think? Obviously, they're two very, very different cars. They just, like I said, share a name and share an engine. Yeah, it's so tough because, I mean, I think back to Chris Harris when he drove the Senna. Yeah. He drove it and he was like, this is great and all, but it's on road tires. Like, why wouldn't I just spend (laughs) half the money on an actual race car? Right. You know, Um, because that's what you want. That's what you want with speed. Right. You just put real racing slicks on it and Mm -hmm. get an actual race car because I mean what's the point of having a road legal race car when you can just have a race car Um, so you know coming back to the the Valkyrie there's the road legal version and the AMR Pro AMR Pro is on a it's basically a different car with the same engine it's Mm -hmm. more purpose built right I don't I don't know I think I think that the road legal version is more more impressive of a feat yeah to have achieved because without having any regulations like you should be able to build it because you're <laughs> you're playing by your own rules sure but with the road car you have to follow so many different uh you know as i said before safety regulations emissions um so yeah i was gonna say it's more of an impressive accomplishment to put that in a package that's actually I hate to say usable, but like you, you, i guess you can if you wanted to use it on on a regular road yeah yeah um mm-hmm. The the engine itself is just such an it's just a such a feat of engineering to be able to have an engine that revs that high that makes that much power and still like follows all the emissions rules and stuff like that's <laughs> crazy. crazy to me. Um, I I don't know. I really want to drive one. <laughs> You're telling pretty, me <laughs> pretty bad. Um, I don't know if I ever will. Just yeah. considering how much is how insanely priced they are, you know, and I, I don't know what the secondary market's going to be like. I wouldn't be surprised if they were, you know, selling for four or five million instead of three, three and a half. How, um, how many are they building? I don't remember what the number was. Low. Two, 235, I think. Oh, Maybe really? Like, yeah. Okay. 235. Let me Google it now. 235. Valkyrie production. Production number. 150 oh. and then 25 I feel like that's mm, is that old information I, I thought know. it was more than that I hope it is 150 I guess yeah I guess it's 150 and then the AMR Pro is going to be 25 units wow so yeah less than I thought I thought it, why did I come up with that number 235 that's very specific yeah it is that's a different car it's got to be a different car you were looking at earlier today uh, listeners of the podcast, tell me what car was limited to 235 <laughs> production units because now, now I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, I love it. I uh, this was a while ago when they were starting to hit the road with like test mules and stuff. There was a video on Instagram of one on the highway, it was like on the auto <gasps> or something. <And gasps> seeing that next to like a regular car, I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, like that's insane. I um. It reminds me of those like you, you see videos of like people taking old F one cars out on the streets and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I, I this is kind of an interesting thing that we're going to be doing now and other manufacturers are going to do it They're, they saw that mercedes made all their mistakes but they actually built a car and aston martin have made all their mistakes and they actually built a car um I, I wouldn't be surprised if other manufacturers do this they take an f1 car put you know a air quotes regular car body on it and, and put it on the road yeah um, because you know for an f1 car you need a whole team of people constantly managing and watching the computers and you know ringing up Charles Leclerc and saying question uh, <laughs> where these cars you kind of jump in it and go like you they were able to figure out computers and software to take care of all that stuff all the stuff that we kind of take for granted even at the highest level of supercars and hypercars that we've had up until this point you know um, they can do that now with an F1 type engine and, and actually make something that's drivable um, so are we going to see a crazy race car Lamborghini. You know, we've got the McLaren Solus. So, Solus? Solus. I don't know. I still don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. That that thing is a purpose-built thing with like a, what is it, a Judd V10? <laughs> so not quite an F1 engine, but oh my God. I mean, kind of. Yeah, kind of, yeah. right? So, you know, I, I don't know. Because like how many, I don't know, really, how, how many LaFerrari type things can there be, you know? People are always going to be looking for something a little bit more, more extreme, more severe, more exclusive, and by default, less practical. Yeah. You know? I think it's cool that also that this is coming from a brand like Aston Martin. This is all the stroll money finally getting put <laughs> to good use. Yes. Thank yes. you. Uh, thank you, Lauren Stroll. Uh, Uncle Larry. <laughs> um, thanks, Uncle Larry, for, for making this happen. Uh, but it, it, you know, and I mean, we can talk about the Valhalla, I guess, a little bit. You know, that's a whole other story. But, you know, um, this like pivot, this whole like renaissance, if you will, this rebirth of the Aston Martin brand is being paired with a really huge repositioning of what they are and what they do. Like 10, 15 years ago, when they were still coming off of Ford, you know, or even when they were under Ford, right? You would never expect Aston Martin, the really like snobby James Bond tuxedo wearing old man, old man swan doored you know and I'm saying this lovingly because I love all those things about the last words um, you would never expect something like this something this hardcore and this extreme to come from that brand yeah you know yeah. and I'm just so happy it's happening and I'm excited to see all the other companies that are going to kind of jump on board with this and do it yeah you know and what a contrast to the movement generally that the business is going with hybridization and EVs, we have like the most <laughs> obnoxious <laughs> internal combustion engines you could possibly think of coming out now in a, in a usable package. Anyway. I'm over here raising my fists in victory. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a car. Uh, can I say something bold? No. <laughs> Not on this podcast, Ben. We never say anything controversial. What is it? Uh, so if you didn't listen to our uh, top five um, garage podcast episode, you should go listen to it. Uh, but one of the cars that I had mentioned on there was the Jaguar XJR15. Yes. Uh, which is basically a race car with number plates on it yes. from the 90s. Yes. Um, I think this is sort of that equivalent in, in the modern day. And I think that this is... I think this would be my grail car. Really? Yeah. I think so. 
I often, when okay. people ask me what my dream car is, I, it's very, I struggle to answer that question because I, I have so many different avenues of car tastes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but this is just on another level. So I what, think. what makes you like this that much more than an AMG one, says the Mercedes guy? It's got twice as many cylinders. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, you cannot argue with that engine. Okay. It's just so good. Okay. I think it's a lot of it is the engine, uh, and then the fact that it's packaged in such a race car. Like, yeah, we're looking at this, and our jaws are just <laughs> it's it's incredible. So, man, I feel like they got to come up with a new badge now. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know, turn around because the, they're still the doing the the Aston Martin like you know winged shield thing for yeah. their logo. They're never going to get rid of it. I mean, they just updated it not long ago into more of like a 2D digital media friendly type of thing with less, less like, um, um, oh my God, skeuomorphic? What's the word? There's a word for design where you have a digital thing that looks like an analog thing. Okay. I don't know, whatever. Um, I think they need to do something similar to what Cadillac did a few years back where they used to have the wreath around the, the shield. Sure. And... When they sort of needed to revitalize the brand, they got rid of the wreath and revised the logo a little bit. Obviously, they did a lot more with their cars and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I can see something similar happening to Aston Martin. It's just branding and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, anything else you want to talk about? I don't think so. I think think we're, we covered everything. We did. Am I missing anything? Um, there's the EV. Oh, yeah. There's the you want EV. to talk about the Taycan? Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about the Taycan. So we got a um, Taycan... Cross four cross turismo, um, cross turismo four. I don't know. Tycon four cross turismo. War. What is it good for? It's for sale okay. <laughs> here at McLaren Boston. If you're looking for a sport four cross <laughs> <laughs> thing, uh, uh, hit us up. Subaru um, XV cross. <laughs> Uh, but it's it was the first time I had driven a Taycan before, um, and so, I liked it. Porsche Taycan Cross Turismo. There's a four somewhere in there. So it's an electric car. It's Porsche's electric car. It's a wagon. It's a wagon-looking wagon. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a hatchback and everything. I think the wagon part of it makes it a lot cooler. It is. Yeah. It's very cool. The one that we have is black with uh, gold wheels mm-hmm. and gold accents on the interior, which is really cool. Yeah. It's a cool look. Yeah. And the, the wheels, are they have holes in them, so they kind of look almost 3D printed. Yeah. Really cool. Um, so what what do you think? What do you think about after driving the Taycan well, Cross Turismo? My New Year's resolution was to drive more EVs, and I'm, I'm working on it. So It's only March. <laughs> um, I liked it. I thought it was good. I, I think... I remembered the interior feeling a bit cheaper than it is. I think okay. anytime that an interior is primarily touchscreens, I'm very against that. Yep. Mostly because it, it just cheapens the feel. Sure. I want I want to feel buttons and knobs and like I always give Bentley as an example. Yeah. Good it, example. It doesn't have to be to that level, obviously, with it the knurling and stuff. Yeah, it should. <laughs> That's the best. But like, you know, even comparing the Tycon to like a nine eleven I feel like they're into the new 992 interiors are, are even those are not like fantastic in in terms of like like this way too much piano black fingerprints everywhere, but that's that's a whole different thing. We'll go back to the Tycon. Um, it wasn't it, I 
I enjoyed it. I think it was plenty quick. It's not a Turbo S, so it's not, you know, sickeningly quick. Um, but it was fast. It handled well. I think the, the steering was, was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with any EV, obviously, the, the center of gravity is much lower. So mm-hmm. even in a, an SUV EV, the, the hand, it's going to handle really well. Um, so I think it still, it still felt like a Porsche right. driving it. Yeah. Um, and it made the same similar like space age noises as the sure. SF90 does in EV mode. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've driven regular Taycans. Yeah. As in like the four-door sedan Taycans. Right. Um, haven't driven the wagon yet, but I will. Did, how did the size of the, so talking about weight, but like how did the, like the size of the car itself, did it feel like a big car because it's a wagon? Did it handle like a small car? Did, what were your thoughts on that? I don't think it is a big car. Right. Um, you know, if you parked one next to a Panamera, like the Panamera is a big car. Yeah. Um, and it, you feel the weight in that too. Yeah. I guess that's a good comparison because I've driven a Panamera and that feels heavy and big. Right. This does not. Right. It does not. It, doesn't it? It, so, it doesn't feel heavy and it doesn't feel physically large either. Right. It sort of wraps around you. The visibility is good. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it is a physically smaller car, but I think it weighs more probably, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So if, if you wanted to, let me ask, like if you wanted to get a wagon, mm-hmm. would you consider this one? Would you consider a Taycan Cross Turismo? If my living situation were different and I had a garage at home that I could plug the car in every night, yeah, I'd probably consider it. Okay. Yeah. You wouldn't plug it in when you got to work and just steal your electricity from work? <laughs> I mean, I guess. I used to do that all the time with right? my EV. Yeah. I just plug <laughs> it into like, because we have power outlets everywhere in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I would just plug it into the park next to just plug in my adapter and walk in and work. Nice. Um, yeah, so, I, would, I would consider it. I think I come off sometimes as like very anti-EV. Well, that's why I'm asking. Like, would you, like if you wanted, if you wanted a, a practical car that still got really good performance and obviously, you know, you want to spend this kind of money, would you consider this versus, you know, the other wagons that are out there, even though there aren't that many here in this, you know, in this country? Yeah, well, that's a good point because the, um, I have driven an RS6 Avant right. as well and that's that's a great car. It is. Um, but similar to the Panamera, it's very big, very heavy. It is. Um, and you feel it. It's also a very thirsty car. Yeah. That, that, that car chugs gas. Um, so I think it would be sort of convenient to have the EV part of it. And, right. You know. As as far as pricing goes, obviously, yeah. if you're spending six figures on a car, it's yeah. different. But you know, I, I think EV. My feelings about EVs aside, because everybody knows I like them. Like I, I really like the Taycan. I think legitimately, it's a great car. Um, yeah. I want. I want to see. I haven't seen one yet um, in person up close. The Sport uh, Sport Turismo. Yep. So the Cross Turismo has like more plasticky cladding and stuff. It has more more air coats, rugged. Off-roady type of look because that's how you make your car look like it's off-road. You do the you Audi all-road stuff. You put black it. plastic on the fenders. Um, with a Sport Turismo, looks more like a regular car wagon type thing with body color panels and stuff. Um, and it's still a wagon. I think that's the one I would get. Yeah, yeah. I've, I don't. I don't know if I have, I have a strong preference. You know, I'm, I'm fine su- with the Cross Turismo. I'm surprised this car didn't come up when we were doing our like list episodes and what we would have because like I talked about like Volvo wagons. Yeah. Well, you didn't. I don't think you mentioned very many EVs in in some of them because of longevity right. purposes. Yeah. But 
There's that too. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. It was. It's a great car. I I enjoyed driving it, and I'd, I'd like to take it out for another spin. So. All right. Uh, on that note, we're gonna go do that. Let's go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else you want to cover in the meantime? Uh, let's see. I think. I think now we probably covered everything. Okay. <laughs> Last time I asked you, I was kind of trying to set you up to talk about the Taycan because you brought okay, it up before okay. we started recording, and then you didn't, and I was like, uh, okay, right. you want to talk about the Taycan? <laughs> um, that's about it for now. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, if you haven't already, we'd appreciate a five-star rating on whatever platform that you're listening to us on. Uh, be sure to check the show notes for our social media accounts, so both the um, Instagram handle for the uh, 11s podcast and also our personal accounts are there, too. Um, give us a follow send us some messages if there's anything that we missed is there is anything that you'd like us to talk about um, you know let us know and we're more than happy to uh, to take a look and consider it for a future episode yeah absolutely uh, we did take a, a couple week break uh, recently but we will be back next week so stay tuned for the next episode thank you so much for listening bye See ya.